0: well hello everyone and welcome back to magic through my eyes if this is your first time at the podcast Welcome. My name is Andy and Magic Through My Eyes is a podcast for the daydreamers about the magic and wonder of Disney in all its unique expressions from my perspective and I am so thrilled and so excited to be here with you today. It has been so fun just getting back into the groove, back into the swing of things with this podcast and I am just so thrilled that you are here with me along on this sweet journey. Today's episode is more of a story time type episode. I love doing these every once in a while. Of course, I love doing the nerdy thing and talking about, you know, why this song is amazing or this attraction, you know, whatever it is. But I also... Uh, love to take these moments just to share with you guys some sweet stories in my life that happen to involve Disney. That's part of the reason why the show is called Magic Through My Eyes. It's not just about uh, what Disney does. It's about what we can do too or experiences that we've had in those most magical places. So today I am thrilled to tell you the whole story of my solo park day at Disney World that I got to have a couple months ago. So let's not waste any time. Grab your favorite drink. We're just going to sit down and chat together and we're going to talk all about my solo day at Disney World. I had the opportunity back in May uh, to visit one of my very dear friends Lindsay who has been a guest on the show before if you have listened to the Frozen feud episode you have heard Lindsay and she's wonderful and a great friend she was performing in a musical singing in the rain and she played none other than Kathy Selden and I hadn't gotten to see her in months and so I decided I'm going to go visit her and well I had talked to my husband about it and was like, hey, what do you think? And Nathan was like, I think you should go. So I was able to find a flight and Lindsay said, come on over. I'd love to see you because I wanted to see her perform. And the sweetest little gift was given to me. Um, Lindsay asked me, hey, do you want to go to the parks for a day? Um, which was just the sweetest surprise. I was so excited. I was gifted a ticket. And I was like, uh, yeah. Because <laughs> at that point, it had been a little over two years since I had stepped foot in a Disney park. But actually, the last time that I had been at a Disney park was at the beginning of 2020 at Disneyland when my husband Nathan and I got engaged so that's actually a really that's another like story time episode and if you haven't gotten to hear that one uh, I would love it if you would go listen it's called my Disneyland engagement and it's listed with some of the other episodes uh, past this one Uh, so anyway She gave me a ticket to go to the parks for a day, which was so sweet. Oh, I forgot to mention, uh, Lindsay is a cast member at Disney World, and she is a part of the entertainment team and does a stellar, incredible job. And so anyway, I was just so so surprised to be given this sweet ticket. And then uh, I started planning my day. I was like, Okay, what do I want to do? And I realized while I was planning, I was like, you know, having conversations with the Lord. I'm like, what do I want to do for my day? You know, and I just very much felt this impression of like, I want you to just have fun and just go with the flow. So I was like, okay. And so I actually didn't do a ton of planning leading up to the trip. And I wanted to be somewhat strategic with my time because I knew I was only going to have one day because it was going to be a short trip, a well worth it trip. And so I wanted, especially because it had been so long since I had been to Disney World, um, I wanted to maximize my time, but then also be reminded at the same time hey, just enjoy it. Don't rush. Just have fun. And so, the biggest amount of prep that I did leading up to the trip, um, I made sure I had the My Disney Experience app downloaded again, um, and then, which is basically like the Walt Disney World like everything app. It's where you can see the maps for the different parks, where you can make park reservations, you can purchase tickets, you know, all the things. Um, so I made sure that I had that downloaded. I had a magic band from a previous trip, so I made sure that that was linked back up with the account. Um, Lindsay sent me my ticket. I was able to get it loaded into the app. And then I made my park reservation for Epcot. This is where I knew I wanted to start my day. And the good news with the reservation system is you only have to make a reservation for the first park you visit. You just have to wait until 2 p.m. before you can start park hopping. And then the other only thing basically the only other thing I did was check for the parks that I knew I wanted to go to I had a I had this crazy idea I'm like what if I tried to hit all four but I also was like oh I don't want to kill myself <laughs> um because ideally it would have been fun like oh I would love to go at rope drop and rope drop for those who don't know is uh basically when the park Open. So you can actually get into the parks, I believe an hour before the parks open. Yeah, you can get in an hour before the parks open. And you can so let's say you're going to the Magic Kingdom, you can venture down Main Street, you can go in shops, go grab a drink, you know, all those different things. But then like the actual lands like Tomorrowland, Frontierland, all of those are still roped off until the park actually opens. And so there's this whole thing they do at Rope Drop. You hear this whole, you know, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Walt Disney World's Magic Kingdom, blah, blah, blah. Um, And then they drop the ropes and then that means that it's officially open. So anyway, because I went to Disney World the same day that I was flying into Orlando, I knew I wasn't going to make it for Rope Drop because my flight didn't land, I don't know, till like 930 that morning, something like that so I had to maximize my day because that's like a big tip that I have for people how do I maximize my day I might like, go before rope drop and then the park isn't as busy usually and you can knock out you know some of your favorite attractions without waiting in really really long lines so I was like okay so that's out so I decided um against doing all four parks and then I was like okay so I'm not gonna be able to do rope drop hmm this will be interesting <laughs> um so anyway, what I decided to do was um, I was really curious about Disney Genie, and basically, it's this whole new thing that they have launched within the My Disney Experience app and the Disneyland app, where it's kind of like a concierge in a in a sense that helps you plan out your day. So it, you fill out this little questionnaire like, what are your interests, you know, at this park? Like, do you prefer attractions? Or do you prefer entertainment? Or dining, you know, all of these things. And then they're like, okay, so when it comes to attractions, would you rather, you know, meet the princesses or see superhero, you know, like they they ask different questions like that kind of help narrow down what kind of things you enjoy at that specific park, whatever it is. Um, I did the first one because I decided to start my day at Epcot. Um, I uh, filled it out for the Epcot, uh, like thinking Epcot in mind with that questionnaire. So anyway, it kind of put together an itinerary for me. And I'm like doing all of this (laughs) when I'm in the airport. So my sweet husband, Nathan, Got up so early. I had to wake him up at like three thirty in the morning to drive me to the airport. Um, but I was like waiting in the plane. I think my flight was taking off right before six a.m. And so I was just like waiting there, and you know, looking up all this stuff on the, my Disney Experience app. You know, because <laughs> what else do you do at five fifty in the morning? You know, while you're waiting for your flight to leave. Um, so trying to figure out all that. Uh, it was really cool. It gave me suggestions of like things that I would enjoy doing, attractions I would enjoy being part of, uh, maybe some shows. Um, and so it now what's really cool is that is a complimentary service. Um, and so the big thing that people asked me when I got back was, what did you think of Genie, like Disney Genie? I really like the idea of Disney Genie. What I don't love is that you have to pay for the upgrade Disney Genie Plus. Um, So basically, I I did decide to purchase it for the day because I knew I was only going to be there for one day. And it had been a long time since I had been to the parks. And so I was like, I want to, you know, obviously not rush, but I want to maximize my day. And so I'm okay, you know, with doing this. Especially because I was gifted um, admission into the parks, which was such a huge blessing. And so literally in the flight, <laughs> I purchased my genie plus for the day um, and started looking at options for um, reservations, what they call what they now call lightning lane reservations, which all used to be just called fast passes or fast pass reservations. Um, and so, Not to go too deep into my opinions about everything, but I feel like the way even that everything's branded is just very confusing. And someone like me who will take the time to research and like read blogs and all this stuff, um, I feel like you shouldn't have to do that in order to navigate a system well. But I feel like it's just not super customer friendly. Um, but anyway all that said so I had like that okay so I had researched that a little bit beforehand and then made my park reservation and all that so starting at Epcot and I really wanted to get a lightning lane reservation for the Frozen Ever After attraction which is in the Norway Pavilion so I decided um, basically the reservations were going to open up like right before my plane took off. And so I had heard a tip that was like, get on the app, like set an alarm for like a minute before the reservations go live. So that way you can just constantly be refreshing the page and then you can grab a reservation as quickly as possible. So I was able to do that because I had already purchased my Disney Genie Plus ahead of time. I think I did that while I was like waiting at the gate um, for my plane uh, to, to board the plane. And so now I was on the plane. And it was like 559. And uh, reservations opened at six uh, central time, which is where I was. Um, and so I was refreshing and refreshing. And I was like, all I had in mind was to get that frozen ever after. But I also had to be pretty strategic. And I had to time it. Because, you know, reservations open up for when the park opens up, which was 8am. And so... I wasn't going to be there at 8 a.m. I wasn't landing until like 930 and I wasn't sure when I was going to get there. So I was like, okay. so realistically, if you know, when Lindsay comes and picks me up and then we go over to her house and drop off my stuff, I get ready and then I get an Uber to go to the parks. Realistically, when am I going to be there? So I decided to shoot between noon and 1 p.m. for my reservation because I had a feeling I'm like, I'll probably get to the park before then. Then I can just kind of stroll around and then go to Frozen Ever After. So I just kept refreshing and it was like the most stressful thing because I just kept refreshing. I'm like, oh, I think that's too early. I think that's too early. Uh, uh. So I was like, okay, between 12 and 1. So I jumped on a reservation that popped up for twelve fifty p.m. and was so excited. Um, and here's the crazy thing all of those reservations from 8am to about 1pm went in about 20 seconds for when the reservations opened up. So it's like, getting these reservations is like cutthroat. I mean, (laughs) again, I was literally on my plane in another state, making my reservation for later that day. It was just crazy. Um, So once I had my reservation, it like built it into my genie, like, I guess, agenda schedule for the day. Not that it like maps out, you know, you have to do this here, here and here, just like suggestions of ways that you could like build out your itinerary for the day. So it added that to it, which I thought was really cool uh, how that's all like integrated and stuff. So I was so excited. And the big thing that I really, really, really wanted to get a reservation for, which was going to be a premium, it wasn't what they call an individual lightning lane, Um, attraction, which is basically, again, this is not my favorite thing. I do not enjoy paying for fast passes, um, especially when the old system, I feel like worked really well, and it was complimentary. Um, But there are individual attractions, very like you would call them the e-ticket attraction, very popular attractions at the parks, um, are not part of like your regular lightning lane reservations you have to pay an extra premium to be able to reserve a lightning lane for that attraction it's yeah not my favorite but (laughs) um that attraction that I wanted to ride which of course was an individual lightning lane was Remy's Ratatouille Adventure um, which is an attraction that recently I think it was in November opened up in epcot's france pavilion but the original attraction is at the walt disney studios park at disneyland paris and it's been one of the biggest successes uh that like disney park attractions have had in a, in a very very long time there's lots of buzz around it there's an episode of the imagineering story that talks all about it um and i would highly recommend watching that so Even like watching that documentary and then hearing that it was going to be opened at Walt Disney World, I was like, dang, like that would be so much fun because I don't know when I'm going to get to go to Disneyland Paris. Um, It is on my bucket list, though. Like it's my number one priority for international Disney parks if I, you know, get the chance to go to one. Disneyland Paris is the first one on my list. So anyway, I really wanted to ride this attraction. And so at this point, we're actually up in the air. We're flying to Orlando and specifically so I could get this lightning, this individual lightning lane reservation, I paid for Wi-Fi on the flight. I like still think about, I'm like, oh my gosh, I feel so ridiculous (laughs) doing this, trying to get these reservations, but I was kind of having fun. It kind of turned into a game for me. I was like, can I do this? So I had gotten Wi-Fi for the flight so that way I could make this lightning lane reservation because those... Uh, reservations didn't open up until an hour and a half later. So I wasn't able to make that reservation before we left the ground. So that's why I bought in flight Wi Fi. And then I'm like, okay, reservations have finally opened up. And so I went in, and then um, went to go make my reservation for quite later in the day, because for this specific attraction, The lightning, individual lightning lane reservations opened up early for guests who were staying at specific Disney resort hotels. I was not one of those uh, because I wasn't staying on property or anything. I was just going for the day. So a lot of the reservations for the day had already been taken by resort guests. But I was like, you know what? It's fine. I'll go ride the attraction whenever. So it's, it's a reservation for like seven in the evening at this point. And I'm like, okay, so I go to make the reservation and because oh, this breaks my heart. Because we were mid air, there was no way, even with in flight Wi-Fi, for the Disney, my Disney Experience app to track my location, like they it couldn't read that I was in the US. And so they were like, You can't make this reservation if you're not in the US or Canada. And so I was like, oh, <laughs> So I was like, okay, there's my shot to get my Remy's Ratatouille Adventure individual lightning lane. It's fine. Also, that's like, such a long sentence. Sorry, I'm getting ahead of myself. So anyway, I was like, Oh, man, so bummed. Um, But I decided, you know what, we're gonna take it chill today, we're gonna have a good day, and we're gonna have a good time. So what is pretty crazy. So how the lightning lane reservations work is um once you you only can make one you can make reservations only one at a time so I had made my frozen ever after reservation and um how that works because I made my reservation at like 8 a.m eastern time um and I wasn't going to be at the parks until let's say around noon probably that was my goal was to get there by noon Um, Usually the rule is like once you use that lightning lane, then you can reserve another one or it can be it's either that or two hours have passed after you made your previous reservation. So for me, that was the case that um, because it was going to be, you know, four hours from when I made the reservation that I was going to be in the park. Um, Two hours after I made the reservation, I was able to make another reservation, um, which was really fun. So I ended up, I believe, I'm trying to remember all the little details because it's been a while since I've thought about it, but I believe I made a reservation At Hollywood Studios because that was going to be my next park. So my park map for the day will start the day at Epcot, head to Hollywood Studios and then end the day at Magic Kingdom because I wanted to see the fireworks. It had been a long time since I had seen Disney fireworks. So that's what I was going to do. And so it was weird, like, trying to plan ahead for my day, knowing that I wasn't going to be in the same park all day long. Um, so I decided I believe it was after I landed because, again, they couldn't track my location in flight. So I was like, well, there I go, you know, <laughs> spending money on in-flight Wi-Fi and it didn't even help me. Um, well, it ended up helping me because I was able to, like, look at my reservations and explore the Disney Genie more, like, within the, my Disney Experience app. So it wasn't all wasted. Um but so I made a reservation. I believe it was for Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway because I hadn't ridden that attraction yet and I was like, "You know what? It's on here. Let's let's just go for it. Why not?" Um so I made that reservation. I believe once I landed Um, And then I got off my flight. I was so excited to be in Orlando. I mean, like one of the if you've ever flown into uh, the MCO airport in Orlando, there's like these big murals and it's like, welcome to, you know, the most magical place on earth, you know, and uh, there's like there's even a Disney store inside the airport. Like, it's insane. So I was so excited to be there. Obviously, so stoked to see Lindsay. Um, She came and she picked me up. Sweet girl. She was like in. The middle of tech for her show. She had a tech rehearsal later that day. It was her final tech. And um, she took the time to come and pick me up, and we got to spend some time together. We were driving home from the airport. We went and stopped for some groceries, and then I got to go to her house meet her housemates and her dog mates. <laughs> uh, there are a lot, it's like a zoo at their house. I believe there were two cats three dogs at the time. I think that number has increased at this point already. But anyway, it was just so fun getting to meet her housemates, girls that I had heard about for a long time. And then um, I finished getting ready for the parks. I had my park outfit all picked out. Nathan helped me pick it out. I had gotten these blue pinstripe vintage shorts. I found them at a thrift store for 45 cents, y'all. It was the find of a lifetime. Um, So I had those and then I had just like my white sneakers um, and then this shirt. That I have from a brand called Fantasy Feelings. It's uh, they released these collections like through the decades of Disney, and one of the shirts in their 1960s collection was based on Mary Poppins. Um, and it's one of my favorite shirts of all time. I love it so much. I love the design of the all the work that they do. So I will link their merch store um in the show notes so that you guys can check it out if you'd like um but yeah this shirt is amazing because it's not only mary poppins it's got a lot of basis from the movie saving mr banks um and it's it's just lovely so anyway i was like i have to wear the shirt to the parks like this is perfect and then i had my mini like plushy um headband ears i was so excited so I got an uber and I had the sweetest driver she was so kind um and we like had a great time just chatting together on our way and she took me to Epcot and then I went through the main entrance made it through security and stepped in and I was like oh my gosh I have made it I am back in one of my favorite places on earth Epcot is one of my favorite parks at Walt Disney World um And golly, I just, I had so much fun. I was like, okay, what are we going to do? It was a little before noon. um, And so I knew that I had about an hour to kill before going to... the Frozen Ever After attraction, and I was so excited to ride it. I had only ridden it one other time, and it's one of my favorite rides at Walt Disney World. And so I am a traditionalist. And when you go into the World Showcase, you start on the left, you start at Mexico. (laughs) Um, In my opinion, that's, that's the way to do it. So I started in the Mexico Pavilion. I went inside and one of my favorite favorite attractions at Epcot is actually the Gran Fiesta Tour with the Three Caballeros, which is the attraction inside the Mexico Pavilion. It kind of has Pirates of the Caribbean vibes from Disneyland. Hear me out on this. So at the Blue Bayou Restaurant in New Orleans Square at Disneyland, uh, there is a seating option where you can watch the Pirates of the Caribbean boats go by. So it's almost like you're in the attraction and they have a similar setup here um, in the Mexico Pavilion there's this great sit-down restaurant there's this big volcano Uh, but anyway the grand fiesta tour is a boat ride as well uh and so it's like a dark boat ride just like pirates and um So you like see restaurant guests as you're passing through on the boats and then also the restaurant guests see all the boats passing through. So it's really fun. Um, And is it the most special attraction ever? No. I just think it's so fun. And here's a tip because it's indoors, it's usually a lot cooler and the attraction I feel like it's a combination of not being the most popular and they can just load a lot of guests that the ride weight anytime that I've been at Disney World, which granted is not all the time, but anytime I've been, the wait has never been more than five to 10 minutes. And I basically just walked right on and this was right at lunchtime. So there were already a lot of people in the parks, thousands at this point. And I literally walked into the park and walked right on this attraction. And it was so much fun. They have these great animatronics of the three caballeros at the very end of the attraction. It's just so cute. I love it. It's just this little, and there's a lot of like animation in it. So they like go to like different Latin capitals of the world. Um, They have this like fun little magic carpet thing that they ride on. And I... Yeah, it's just super charming, super fun to ride and a great way to stay calm on a warm day because you're always going to have that in Orlando. Um, And I think it's great for young and old alike. So anyway, the Grand Fiesta Tour was so much fun. And then I wasn't sure what I wanted to do. Um, so I actually walked around a little bit more, I made my way to the Norway, the Norway pavilion, but I was like, no, it's not time for my reservation yet. But what I ended up doing, I stumbled upon, I ended up deciding to go back to Mexico because I was hungry, I wanted to get some lunch, and was craving Tacos. I'm like, there's got to be somewhere in the Mexico Pavilion that I can get tacos, right? So, um, but on my way there, I stumbled upon this great mariachi band that had just come out and started playing um Latin hits and and just like such fun songs for the audience and at one point they brought out maracas and uh there was this woman who was part of the mariachi band who was just helping entertain she had this beautiful skirt and she was dancing and she brought all the children in and they all had their maracas and were just like dancing around in a circle and um it was so much fun so I took about a 10 minute detour to watch that because again I was trying to seize the moment and seize those fun opportunities that would take me by surprise in a way. And that was one of them. I had no idea they were going to be there. And so I decided to go back into the Mexico pavilion. I went and ate some lunch and I got a taco trio. It was like barbacoa, chicken and shrimp. And good gosh, it was so yummy. It was like exactly what the doctor ordered. And you know, those restaurants like Fast food places where they'll have the ketchup dispensers and those little white paper cups. Well, they had those, but it was all like salsa, which was awesome. So there was this delicious salsa verde, and I just got cups and cups of it. And they served it with rice and beans. It was perfect. My favorite taco was the shrimp, it was delicious. Uh, so from there, um, enough time had passed. It was time to head to the Norway Pavilion and ride Frozen Ever After. So with the traditional fast pass system, sometimes you would walk right on the attraction from the fast pass line. Other times, um, it would take, you know, 10, 15 minutes to get on, which is still much better than the over hour wait that was on that attraction. Um, but this time I literally walked right on, uh, which was A fun little surprise. Uh, Was not expecting that. And I don't want to talk about this attraction too, too much here on the episode because I don't want to spoil it for friends who haven't seen it uh, or been on the ride. But oh my gosh, this attraction is incredible the audio animatronics are a lot more advanced and there's like some this fluidity of movement that they have that's amazing and they tell this incredible story so they like borrow some of the content from the frozen ever after like short film i believe that's the one where um elsa gets a cold and she's sneezing and then all the like little ice like Cute snow kids like pop up, um, so they have some of those in the attraction. There's Marshmallow the monster, um, obviously Olaf and Kristoff and Sven and Anna and Elsa, the whole gang. Um, and there's this spectacular moment in "Let It Go" that's just out of this world. Um, so so good. I was like actually weeping, like <laughs> I was like this is so good, and I just I couldn't get over it the whole day. I just, I felt so loved, Um, just knowing that I was like, God, I didn't ask for this. Like, I didn't ask for this sweet day, but you gave it to me. And I had some of the sweetest moments, and golly, I just... I ate it up and I loved it so much. So I was just like feeling a lot of those emotions in that moment. And I was I was just weeping out of gratitude. I was like, you know, Lord, that like this is one of my favorite places in the world and you perfectly orchestrated it for me to come. And it's always in a season of life where I need it the most. Um, And it it was just such a sweet reminder that like the Lord takes care of us and he takes care of our hearts, not just the things we want, we need, but the things that we love and the things we want too. Um, because I didn't need to go to Disney world that day, but I wanted to. And I feel like everything just fell into place. So I felt, I felt all of those emotions went on the frozen ever after attraction. And it's a, again, it's another indoor boat ride, uh, like dark ride. And it's, Oh, it's amazing. And I just got off the attraction just so gobsmacked and being like, I, I've i got to ride other attractions, like new attractions that I'm not used to. There's such a thrill that comes with that, either riding an attraction for the first time or one of the first times. You know, for me, I don't think I had ridden that attraction since like spring of 2018. So it would have been four years. So I, I knew the attraction, but I didn't remember every single part of it. And I had been debating all day, am I going to wait in the line to go ride Remy's Ratatouille adventure? And I was like, I don't know. Like, I would rather spend my time, you know, just walking around the parks, maybe grabbing some fruity, you know, because the Flower and Garden Festival was going on. I forgot to mention that. So there's flowers and topiaries everywhere and it's gorgeous. Um, I would rather, you know, like grab a snack or something, wander around the pavilions. But I was also like, oh, but I'd really love to ride this attraction. And so after I got off the Frozen attraction, the Frozen Ever After, I was like, I've got to do it. I have got to ride this attraction. Like, I'm going to go to the France Pavilion and I'm going to ride this. So it's one cool thing that I've seen updated with the Genie, like Disney Genie um, within the app, is it kind of gives you stats of like the popular times attract. Like, sorry, I'm getting ahead of myself. Like, a scale of popularity of the attraction throughout the day have you ever looked up a google review of like a restaurant or a business and it'll show you like based on these bars that get taller or shorter like how busy it is they have a very similar thing on the app now uh, for Disney World and so I saw the app for the Remy's Ratatouille Adventure line queue and it wasn't horrible it was one of the lower times of the day like traditionally, statistically. So I was like, you know what, I'm just going to go for it. So I like barged my way through all the pavilions. I like stopped and looked, you know, at some of my favorites. Like um, I took a quick second to just breathe in the China pavilion. And then I went to the Germany pavilion and the Italy pavilion and all the other ones along the way. I was planning on stopping um, to get frushi because that's one of my favorite like park snacks i actually talked about that in my episode a bite of magic um and i like i totally disregarded Fruity. i was like i gotta ride remy <laughs> um and so i made it to the france pavilion and what was so fun um like the france pavilion has basically doubled in size now because of this attraction um and so they have now added Paris, which I didn't realize it until I thought about it. Like the the Eiffel Tower and a representation of Paris was never part of the France Pavilion until Remy's Ratatouille Adventure was built. And so there's this whole themed area now that's all Paris, but it's all Ratatouille themed. And it made me think of that moment in Ratatouille where um, he's like, scurrying around the streets or scurrying around the walls and everything. And then he climbs up the roof and he sees the Eiffel Tower and he's like, Paris all this time? I've been in Paris. Um, I thought of that when I was walking through. I was like, Oh my gosh, I'm in Paris. Um, and it's just lovely. There's this beautiful water fountain. Um And the the facade, like the building for Remy's Ratatouille Adventure, it's just so classic looking. It's so French. Um, They have the score from Ratatouille playing in the background that you can hear. Um, And then another fun thing. That you can see in the background is the Skyliner gondolas. Uh, As they enter Hollywood Studios, they're like constantly moving um, and you can kind of see it if you like see some open air in uh, the like Ratatouille Area of the France Pavilion, so that was a really fun thing I saw too. Um, I hadn't seen the Skyliner buckets or the gondolas in real life, um, so I was uh, really excited to see that. But it was just full, feeling fully immersed um, in that Paris world, and I decided, you know, I'm just gonna get in the line queue. The wait, the posted wait time was 65 minutes, and I was like, okay, I think I can do it. And so I usually don't like to wait longer than about 30 minutes for an attraction simply because I would rather spend my time walking around, people watching, grabbing a snack, watching a show, um, than waiting in line to, to ride an attraction. But this time I decided it's worth it. And the line actually moved like very swiftly. Um, it didn't feel like an hour. I think it was more like 50 minutes um, and it really wasn't that bad. And the great thing, like the line key starts outdoors, but then it goes indoors. And so it was like the peak heat of the day. It was like around 1.32 PM. Um, and a majority of that time I got to spend indoors. So I'm like, hmm, maybe there are some pros to waiting for attractions in the middle of the day. Um. And the line queue was just so much fun. There were so many details. And there was like this wallpaper that had like Remy and his brother Emile like embedded into it. And there was this like, there was like a Paris scene in one of the moments of the uh, line queue. Like, again, I don't want to tell you everything. So that way I don't spoil it for when you get to go write it. Um, but it was so much fun. And the attraction itself was a blast. Like um, the original inspiration for Remy's Ratatouille adventure was what if we were to create a modern Mr. Toad's wild ride um ironically enough I actually haven't ridden Mr. Toad's wild ride that is on my list the next time I go to Disneyland for sure um so that was kind of the basis and like Mr. Toad's wild ride I feel like is you're just kind of going everywhere all the time you know the story of Mr. Toad he's you know he's merrily, merrily going along to nowhere in particular, I believe the song says. And um, so basically, the attraction uh, involves a lot of different elements, you wear 3d glasses. um, And then you're put in this ride vehicle, that is a trackless system, which is always really cool, uh, because you don't know where you're going. Um, and then there's also like Pepper's ghost illusions with like the ghost of, uh, Gusteau and, um, amazing 3D effects from the animation. Cause you've got like these screens, they're kind of rounded, almost like in, um, Sorin, if you've ever ridden that attraction before. Um, and so you see all of these different things, um, And it kind of takes you through part of the story of Ratatouille. So the part of the story is when Remy falls into the kitchen. And so you are seeing this all from the perspective of Remy being a very small rat. And so everything else is like blown up crazy. So you like go through the kitchen um, and then you like um, at one point go into the pantry or like the refrigerator and you see like a, eight ten foot tall baguette like something crazy like that it's so cool that was my definitely my favorite part um but anyway to not spoil everything there are just some fun effects um and it really is a really fun immersive ride and I'm so happy that I took the time to ride it but even more than the attraction itself what really blew me away was leaving the attraction and going back into that world of Ratatouille um In, like, the France Pavilion, it made me feel like I was part of it all. Um, I had a very similar feeling when I got off of Rise of the Resistance going back into Galaxy's Edge. Uh, This created, like, a very similar emotional feel. Um, So I actually enjoyed that more than the attraction itself. Um, But it was beautiful, and I loved that I took the time to ride it. Uh, So when I had finished there, I took a few moments, took some pictures. Um, I was also vlogging this whole... um, day. And so I will actually be um, posting that vlog along with this episode. So there will be a link in the show notes for the vlog of my solo Disney day. Um, But I took a moment to document a little bit and then I decided to go back to the other side of the France pavilion, the part that we all know and love there's that during the flower and garden festival the beautiful topiary display of beauty and oh sorry not beauty bell and the beast in their ball gown and uh beautiful clothes from that iconic scene um in beauty and the beast and there is a ice cream place that I love to go to and um oh gosh I gotta remember hold on I'm looking it up really quick Okay, so the restaurant is called La Tison de Glace, I believe. I apologize for my French pronunciation if that wasn't correct. Um, but basically, it's an ice cream shop, and you can get ice cream cones or ice cream in a cup. But my favorite thing is they serve ice cream in a brioche bun that they hot press, and then you eat it like an ice cream sandwich, and it's delicious. So anyway, I was going to go and grab my snack. Then I stumbled upon the greatest little gift. And that was, there's a theater in the back of the France Pavilion. Did anyone else know this? Because I did not. And I even asked Lindsay, I was like, did you know this existed? She was like, no. And so it was like, the sweetest thing and i go inside and it kind of reminded me of like the opera house where great moments with mr lincoln takes place at disneyland where they have different things on display in the waiting area before you go into the theater and they had these beautiful glass enclosed cases of costumes from operas films and stage plays, all that took place in france so they had um Cinderella like the live-action Cinderella with Lily James they had her like blue not the fancy blue dress but like her blue dress that she wore when she was like taking care of the house Um, and then they had one of Belle's dresses from the live-action Beauty and the Beast uh, that Emma Watson wore and then there was one of Angelina Jolie's Maleficent costumes Um, they're they had on display the phantom of the opera his mask his cape like um and his hat that he wears or his fedora i believe and then one of jean valjean's costumes from les mis um and then my most favorite that i saw that day was they had um from the Broadway musical, The Hunchback of Notre Dame, they had Quasimodo's costume on display, uh, like that classic green, like, frock that he wears. Um, and then they also had one of the gargoyle puppets on display. And oh my gosh, it was wild. I loved looking through those displays. And turns out what was taking place in the theater was um, a Beauty and the Beast sing along. And I was like, oh, this is right up my alley. (laughs) Like, this is perfect. Um, And it's a sweet 15-minute show where you go through the story of Beauty and the Beast. And they, you know, put the lyrics on the screen and you sing along. Um, And this is a gorgeous theater. There's like red velvet curtains and the gold stanchions with the red velvet cords. Like, it's to the nines. And so, you know, me being the Disney adult that I am, I don't... I mean, tech, I guess I, yeah, I'm a Disney adult. <laughs> I have to admit it. Um, and so I go in literally by myself and there's all these families everywhere, hundreds of people. And I'm like, okay, I'm here in this beauty to be sing along all by myself. You know, I grab a seat front and center. Um, well, not front and center it was a little further back, but, um, and just enjoyed the heck out of this 15 minute little show, um, singing along to every song. And I... Realized in the middle of it, like I started getting kind of emotional. Beauty and the Beast always gets me emotional, uh, because it's, it's just classic and the music is so moving to me, especially. And, um, I realized in that moment that, like, I. I was born after this movie was released and some of my most favorite Disney movies are the movies of the Disney Renaissance. And I was too young to remember the first time that I saw them because they were always there. Um, But I've always like, I feel like I've, especially like listening to different podcasts, especially a podcast like Disorder, which is one of my very favorites, uh, where they talk about their initial memories of the films. And they're like, I remember going and seeing Beauty and the Beast on opening weekend of 1991. And I'm like, oh I'm so jealous you know and so I realized when I was seeing this little sing-along like this is the first time I've seen Beauty and the Beast on the silver screen and it really like got me all emotional I'm like oh my gosh this is so cool um and so um I've, I've told this story a lot to my friends, but, you know, I'm having a good time. And then, oh, I forgot to mention Angela Lansbury, the voice of Mrs. Potts, narrated the whole thing, uh, which is so fun. And because it's the story of Beauty and the Beast, but with a twist. And that's all the info you get because you have to be part of the sing-along and experience it for yourself. Because uh, I I don't want to give it all away because I love surprises. Um So we get to the scene, you know, the ballroom scene where – Bella's in her beautiful golden dress and Beast is in that, you know, gorgeous blue coat and uh, they're having their moment. And, you know, Mrs. Potts just says, all right, everyone sing along. And, and so I start as as hold Us time and I just start crying. I'm like, oh my gosh, I've never looked more like a Disney adult in my whole life. I'm just sitting here by myself, weeping my eyes out and it was just so funny. Like, it's one of my favorite moments from the whole day. And then, you know, at the very end, there's the reprise of Beauty and the Beast, and Mrs. Potts just says, All right, everyone, you know the words, sing along. And at that point, I'm just like, Taylor's all that time. <laughs> with like tears streaking down my face. Um, it's, oh my gosh, what a memory. And I'm just like, this feels pathetic but also it's fine my heart is so happy right now and it was that might have been my most favorite part of the day um was that moment in the beauty and the beast sing-along discovering this theater i had no idea existed just hiding in the back of the france pavilion um and it was so much fun and from there, I, got my, I finally got my ice cream treat and I went to my favorite pavilion on property, which is the UK Pavilion. Um, it's just a beautiful English like courtyard area. There's a little gazebo, beautiful buildings. And with the thousands and thousands of people that were at Epcot, there were like five people hanging around in the UK Pavilion. And I just took a moment with my little snack. And just took it all in, and I just I remembered moments of of being in the UK pavilion when my siblings and I we met Tigger and Pooh, you know, several Christmases ago, or the times that I've gotten to talk to Mary Poppins, um, in the UK pavilion, you know, just sweet, sweet memories, um, and just like reflecting on those things, and then even reflecting on the day that I had already had. It, it had only been a few hours, but goodness, it was wonderful. And I decided because my reservation for Mickey Minnie's Runaway Railway was getting kind of close, I was like, you know what, I should I should make my way over to Hollywood Studios. So I originally was going to take the Skyliners, because uh, you can take the Skyliner from Epcot to Hollywood Studios, which is really cool. Um, you used to be not be able to do that. You had to take buses to get from specific parks. But because the monorail ran from Epcot to Magic Kingdom and vice versa, but that was it. Um, so now with the Skyliners, um, you can do that. Uh, but what I forgot, there actually was a way to get to Hollywood Studios from Epcot before the Skyliners. And there are these great big like boats that'll take people. Um, and so, on an impulse decision, I decided to get on the boat. Last minute, they were like making the final boarding call. So, I was like, you know, I'm going to go for it. And at first, I was really stressed. I thought it was going to take me too long to get over to Hollywood Studios. I was like, man, I should have taken the Skyliner, you know, all this stuff. But I'm so glad I ended up taking this boat ride because it was so fun and it actually um, made several stops at all of the resorts. Surrounding uh, the Disney World Boardwalk. Um, and I had never been to the Boardwalk before. I always wanted to go, um, but it was just one of those like, it just fell off the list every time I went to Walt Disney World. And so, um, even though it was just for a moment in that impulse decision of like, ah, oh, should I take the Skyliners or should I take these boats? Um, I decided to take the boats. And I was so stressed, it was going to take me too long to get to studios. But then the Lord was just like, see, Look what I did for you. And I got for just a brief moment from this boat to see the boardwalk. And oh my gosh, it's so charming. I didn't end up getting off the boats because I wanted to get to Hollywood Studios. But if I would have had more time, I would have taken a detour and just walked around, maybe walked around the shops or grabbed a snack from one of the restaurants um, on the boardwalk. Um, But I ended up just staying on and I just got to take that moment. And I was like, Lord, you're taking such good care of my heart today he was like, yeah, that's what I do. Um, and it was so fun. So I ended up from there going to studios and... Um I was so excited because Hollywood Studios is my very favorite park at Walt Disney World. Um, but this time around, I I really loved Epcot. And maybe it was just because of the experiences that I had at Epcot. Um, but I just had so much fun there. But I, anyway, I was so excited to go to Studios because uh, it's my favorite. Um, and walk down, you know, Sunset Boulevard and all of those things. and um I f- do, like, not do to, uh, for the sake of tradition, um, every time I go to Hollywood Studios with family or by myself, I always go and watch the Indiana Jones uh, stunt show Spectacular. And I wasn't able to stay for the entire time due to my uh, lightning lane reservation for Mickey and Win- Minnie's Runaway Railway. Um, but I was like, let me catch the first 10 minutes. And so I decided to sit in and I loved it, of course. Um, It's a classic, and I hope they never get rid of it. (laughs) Um, And so I went in for a few minutes for the Indiana Jones stunt show, and then decided to make my way to Mickey Minnie's Runaway Railway, go into the Chinese, like, Grumman's Chinese Theater, um, and uh, look around a little bit before I went into the attraction. And, you know, they have, like, the stars, like the, kind of like the Hollywood Walk of Fame. but they have like their own Disney World version of it. So you see like someone's handprints. And then I saw the signature Dick Van Dyke, you know, and I'm just like, oh, my gosh, you know, losing my mind. Julie Andrews, you know, some of my very favorites. And then they've got these display cases and, and in front of the theater. And one of them is uh, like the program and some of the tickets to the Hollywood premiere of Mary Poppins that happened back in the summer of 1964. I always love to take a moment to take a look at that. Um And then I went into the attraction and um, just my honest opinion, I did not enjoy this attraction at all. It's like... (laughs) This sounds kind of harsh. I don't know how else to describe it besides like as an acid trip. Like, it's just so weird. The story doesn't really make sense. Um, The ride vehicle is cool. um, But my favorite part of the attraction was actually the lead up to the attraction. Um, And again, for the sake of not spoiling it, um, I won't talk about exactly what that was. But I loved that. And so like going into the world of the attraction, I was like, ooh, this is going to be good. Um, And then the actual attraction didn't really wow me. Um, but I think part of that too is all of the characters in this are designed, uh, with the new, like, design of Mickey Mouse, uh, which I do not like at all. Um, they're, like, trying to take inspiration from, like, the vintage Mickey, but I just feel like they're so ugly. (laughs) Um, I much prefer you know, the classic Mickey, uh, rounder features. These features are a little more harsh, I guess. I don't, I don't know. It's hard to describe, but I just don't like them. And so obviously that's the design aesthetic of the whole attraction. So even from that standpoint, I was like, eh, not my favorite. Um, but I'm glad that I wrote it. So anyway, but like the facade, of course, with the Grauman's Chinese theater is incredible. And they've got this great neon display of like Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway. And it's great. Um, so I enjoyed that more than the attraction itself, but I am glad that I took the time to ride it because I was curious. Um, so I ended up just doing a little bit of like exploring around, um, when, went into Toy Story Land um, and then went over to Galaxy's Edge, of course. Uh, the only thing that I wanted to eat, which was another thing that I highlighted on my Bite of Magic episode was the Ronto Wrap that they serve in Galaxy's Edge, but the Ronto Wrap place was closed <laughs> for the day, um, and the only place that you could get it was, I believe, Ogus Cantina. Um, but I didn't feel like waiting. Uh, To get that food, so my time at Hollywood Studios was a little bit unstructured, but I still really had a good time. Um, I started getting kind of hungry in the afternoon, um, and the the other big thing that I wanted to do, I wanted to do some things that I had never done before, and one of those was to finally see Muppet Vision three D. And so, because time was getting away from me, I spent a lot of time at Epcot, and I had oh, I totally forgot to mention this before, so. I wasn't able to get my individual lightning lane for Remy's Ratatouille Adventure. So I decided to treat myself and get myself a light, like an individual lightning lane reservation for the Seven Dwarfs Mine Train at the Magic Kingdom. So because of that, I was slightly on a time constraint at Hollywood Studios. And so I wasn't sure what to do with my time. um, But I really... um, Really wanted to see Muppet Vision 3D. I had heard amazing things about it. Just had never taken the time to uh, take part of the attraction. Any other time that I had been to Disney World, and so I had ordered my dinner um, from the ABC Commissary, which um, was not my favorite meal <laughs> of the day, but it was one of those I needed to eat. Um, and that place, like, could easily get me food. So I made my reservation, or like, I did a quick service like pickup. Um, Before going into Muppet Vision 3D and then uh, was part of Muppet Vision 3D and it was so much fun. Um, I highly recommend it if you've never um, seen it. It's kind of like a sit down show, almost like how the Hall of Presidents is an attraction, even though it's not a ride kind of thing. It's similar with Muppet Vision 3D. Um, You wear 3D glasses. The characters of the Muppets show you this technology that they're inventing called Muppet Vision 3D. Um, And there are some of the characters that are there, like in real life, there's some audio animatronics. um, And then there's also a lot of characters on the screens. Lots of fun effects and stuff. It's a really fun time. Um, And then I went and got my dinner. And I was like, man, I really need to get out of here to get to Magic Kingdom in time for my reservation. Um, And I wasn't sure how I wanted to get there. Um, Well, now I'm getting ahead of myself because, like, I had a really good time at Hollywood Studios, but it's usually, like, the highlight of my trip. And I felt like I hadn't had that moment yet. Um, But I decided to uh, walk down Sunset Boulevard, and that was my favorite part of my whole time at Hollywood Studios. I just took... A few deep breaths. I walked all the way back to close to where Tower of Terror is, back like where uh, the line queue for Fantasmic starts, uh, which I dearly miss Fantasmic, and I'm so ready for it to come back. Um, And I just took a few moments, you know, like reflecting on the day and like Sunset Boulevard for me really holds the magic of what Hollywood Studios as a park is, the Hollywood um, that never was and always will be. Um it's just so special and so quaint. And so I really enjoyed my time there and that was it's kind of ironically around when the sun started to make its descent. It wasn't like dark yet, but you could see it was like that part of the day where you could feel the sun was going to start coming down on Sunset Boulevard and it was beautiful. So from there I was like, okay, my heart is full. Um, That's all I needed was just that stroll down sunset. Um, And so I made my way back up uh, through Hollywood Boulevard and uh, left Hollywood Studios. And I had less than an hour to get to Magic Kingdom. And I was kind of nervous about time. And so I was like, I guess I'll just take a bus. And um, again, it was one of those like last minute little impulse decisions. And Holy Spirit was like, I think you should take the Skyliner because you didn't get to take it earlier because you took the boats. And I was like, no, like, that's going to take too much time. And the Lord was like, watch me. Watch me make time. And so I decided to get on the Skyliner, ride the Skyliner from Hollywood Studios back to Epcot, and then ride the monorail from Epcot to Magic Kingdom. I know technically not the most efficient way, but for a Disney lover like me, it was a necessity (laughs) so I got in one of the Skyliner uh, gondolas and it was so much fun like the captivating feeling that you get riding on the monorail it's like that but totally different because with the gondolas it's kind of like when you're riding on a ferris wheel it's kind of like a bucket and you just kind of hang there Uh, but they move so efficiently and quickly and if I would have had more time one of the stops of the Skyliner gondolas is the Riviera Resort. And I would have loved to have taken some time to look around there. But sadly, just didn't have the time. But I was able to get off the Skyliner because it to get to Epcot from studios, you have to take get off of one Skyliner and head on to another um, kind of like the stops of a subway station almost. And so I got on another Skyliner, I had the most lovely conversation with a lady who was in the gondola with me. And she was telling me stories of how it's family tradition to come to well, Disney World every year and their family was on their vacation and it was just so fun to to spend about 10 minutes just talking with the sweet lady and you find like obviously there are a lot of people who go to Disney World and they're in what is called like vacation mode and they can be really unkind and they're like you know. I'll do whatever I want. I'm on vacation and da da da. But then you also like run into those people who are just genuinely excited about the magic. And they love to just be there with their families because Walt Disney World means family for a lot of people. And so anyway, I had the most lovely time talking to this lady, and then I went back into Epcot and was able to walk the rest of the World Showcase, which I hadn't gotten to earlier because the Skyliner is back over by the France Pavilion, so I didn't get to finish my route earlier that day, but I got to walk the rest of the World Showcase, go back through the entrance of Epcot, and get on the monorail to head to probably the most classic part of Walt Disney World, the Magic Kingdom. And so ironically I got on the monorail and the same sweet lady that was in the gondola with me happened to be in the same little part of the monorail that I was on the same monorail car and um so it was fun just getting to talk to her again and then there was another family um that had asked me like you know, do you come to Walt Disney World often? And they were talking about this is like our family tradition. We come every year. We've been like 14 times, you know, something crazy like that. And so again, it's just really fun to talk to guests um, who are also enthusiastic about Disney the way that you are. And um, then we made it to um, the Magic Kingdom or almost to the Magic Kingdom. You go to like the Basically the parking area of the Magic Kingdom and you hop off that monorail and then you get on another monorail that takes you from that area to the Magic Kingdom. And so I made it there and um, there is a really special feeling about Magic Kingdom that you don't get at any of the other parks, not because any of the other parks aren't special. It's not that. But, you know, the Magic Kingdom was the park that started Walt Disney World. This was the brainchild of not just Walt Disney, but Roy Disney. Um, Because if you don't know some of the history behind Walt Disney World, it was named Walt Disney World um, in memoriam of Walt Disney. Walt Disney passed away before Uh, Walt Disney World was completed, and his brother Roy, he was about to go into retirement. And then after Walt passed away, and the Florida Project, as they called it at the time, was knee-deep in the middle of, you know, getting established, um, Roy Disney postponed his uh, retirement so that he could finish what his brother started. And so to be able to walk through Magic Kingdom specifically – um because he actually it was it's really sad he passed away about 2 months after um Magic Kingdom opened it was like he dedicated the rest of his career to seeing his little brother's dream come true and then he was like that's it my my job is done here and then he passed away um and so just like getting to to walk through there and see the incredible work that Roy did um in establishing this park which is now the number one like vacation center of the world it's crazy um it's just really special so getting to walk through that and then it was starting the sun again was going down and so the the lights on main street were coming up and seeing the castle like what a view i mean there is something about the grandness and the size of cinderella castle that just like sweeps you off your feet you know um And when I got to uh, Magic Kingdom in time for my reservation for um, Seven Dwarfs Mine Train, uh, the ride sadly had some issues and so it was shut down. And so I was like, oh, man. And so I was able to use that basically Lightning Lane credit on any other attraction that I wanted. But I was like, you know what? I'm going to hold out. I was planning on closing out the park anyway that night. Um, because I was like, I'll stay for fireworks. And then a lot of people are going to leave after fireworks. And then I'm just going to enjoy the park for the rest of the night. So I had already decided that. So I was like, let me hold off and see if maybe the ride will open back up for before it closes before the park closes. So um, I didn't do a ton. Well, actually, the first thing that I did was head to Tomorrowland to ride my favorite attraction at Magic Kingdom, which is the People Mover. And I basically walked right on. There's like thousands of people everywhere and still was able to walk right on the People Mover. I was so excited. Um, And so got to ride around there. And one of my temptations throughout the day was when I was just like riding a ride or on the Skyliner gondolas or whatever, my temptation was to look at my phone and try to plan out the rest of my day. Um, But I tried my hardest to fight against that and really just enjoy the moment and that was something that was hard but was something that I really really loved that I did um and so oh my gosh I did. okay so I literally didn't realize till now I just remembered that I have my itinerary of the day because I have just a note on my phone where I just wrote out everything that I wanted to do and um I totally forgot at Hollywood Studios, one of my very favorite things. The highlight was the walk down Sunset Boulevard. But um, my other favorite thing that I did was to walk through the Walt Disney Presents Museum, which is basically um, a walkthrough of... um, Walt's life his career um and then there's also some really cool things on display like one of his Oscars um a writing desk from when he was a boy you know um scale like small scale models of like the castle at Disneyland all these beautiful things um and I always make it a point to take time to spend at the Walt Disney Presents Museum when I go um so I think I did that and then uh went on with the rest of my day with Muppet Vision 3D and then the tour on Sunset Boulevard. So um, I had to, I had to make note of that because that's one of my very favorite things at Hollywood Studios. So anyway, back to the Magic Kingdom, I was able to ride the People Mover. And then I was trying to decide, okay, maybe I'll ride some attractions standby, maybe because I still had my uh, Genie Plus. I was like, I can make some Lightning Lane reservations. Um, and so one of those I ended up doing Was Big Thunder Mountain. Uh, I made a Lightning Lane reservation, especially because I missed out on Seven Dwarfs Mine Train at the time. Um, I had ridden the People Mover, and so I was just like, I was like, you know what? Let's go to Frontierland because there wasn't a ton of time before the fireworks uh, because I had timed out my. Seven Doors Mine Train Reservation so that way I could ride that and then get ready for fireworks. Um, So I rode the People Mover and then went and rode uh, Big Thunder Mountain Railroad and Frontierland, which is a great coaster, like just so fun. Um, And then I decided, okay, I should make my way back to Main Street um, and get ready for fireworks. So I had not had yet, I had not yet had my favorite Disney treat and snack, which is the, the Mickey Mouse ice cream bar, like the premium ice cream bar. And so I decided to get my ice cream bar um, right before fireworks began. So I grabbed it and then went and found my spot on Main Street. There were these really sweet people I was standing next to um, who like made room for me to come in a little closer, which was really kind of them. Um, and so I was close to the, like, the entrance of Magic Kingdom, kind of where the flagpole is uh, in that area, close to the train station, um, like, right before you get onto Main Street. And so I got to watch the castle show with the fireworks. It was beautiful. Tinkerbell herself made her way across the sky, and it was just magic and wonderful. And... Uh, So it was just like, yeah, it was wonderful. And I loved eating my Mickey Mouse ice cream bar along with it. It was a great way to stay cool um, and then also just to enjoy the magic of the whole experience. Um, And so the fireworks ended. I was like, wow, that was so much fun. It had been so long since I had seen um, the Disney fireworks show and um, was really excited to to head into fantasy land and I'm like, you know what, I'm gonna knock out some attractions. Like This is gonna be really fun. So trying to work around the sea of thousands of people that were leaving after fireworks, I was like, you know what, I can do this. And so I decided to make my way into Fantasyland. So once I got inside uh, Fantasyland, I of course was just taken aback again by just the magic of it all um, with, you know, Prince Charming's carousel and all the areas surrounding it. Um, It was just so much fun and I decided to book a lightning lane, which I didn't end up needing to book it because it was basically a walk-on anyway. I didn't realize that until I got really close. Um, But I made a lightning lane reservation for It's a small world um which is one of my favorite attractions it's so near and dear to my heart I think it's lovely it's one of my brother Matthew's favorite attractions as well um so I just feel a deep personal connection to it specifically because of him and I had so much fun riding it was a blast and I actually um once I got off, was able to just go right across um, and book a lightning lane for Peter Pan's flight. The good news was, because it was so late at this point and so many guests had left the park, that there was a lot more open availability on the lightning lane reservations because there weren't You know, thousands upon thousands, there were just thousands, you know, of people trying to go for these reservations. So there were a lot more that were open, especially because it was so late at night. And so I got to ride Peter Pan's flight, which was so fun. I basically walked onto that ride as well um, with the lightning lane. And then after that, I had decided, you know what? I'm just going to go see if. Seven Dwarfs Mine Train is up and running again. And so I decided to go over and lo and behold, it was. Uh, so I hopped right in the lightning lane uh, line and explained, hey, I had a fast pass. <laughs> yeah, we'll just call it fast pass. I had a fast pass for this earlier. Um And they said, yeah, come on in. And so I walked right on, even though it wasn't during my reservation time, uh, which was so kind. And so I got to go on, waited a few minutes. um, And I believe I rode at the very front of my train car, which was so much fun. Um, This is a really great attraction. There's a reason that it's so popular um, and that there's always like at least a 60-minute wait. It's um, The idea of it is just so creative. Um, I will say like, I am kind of getting the train fatigue, like there's Big Thunder Mountain Railroad, and then there's Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway, and then Seven doors Mine Train, you know, I'm like, okay, guys, <laughs> we got to do something different. <laughs> we need something besides a train. Um, but it's still really charming. My favorite part of the attraction is before you get into like the big, like rollercoastery part of it. Um, and you go inside the mine. And you see all the audio animatronics of the dwarves. Um, and then there's just some really cool effects that they use. And it makes you feel like you're in that scene of Snow White and the Seven Dwarves when they're uh, finishing up work for the day. Um, I, I was really wowed by this attraction the first time I rode it years and years ago. Um, but this time I was like, I mean, it was good. Was it worth the $10 I paid to exclusively ride this attraction? I don't know. But it, it's a classic at Walt Disney World, um, and I um, I am really glad that I did it this time around. And then the attraction ends um, with Snow White and all the dwarves at the cottage with uh, the old hag waiting outside, which it totally spooked me out. <laughs> I was like, you're a little too close to me right now. And I yeah, it's just funny seeing those things personified. Sometimes I still feel like a little kid. I'm like, oh, I still get spooked by Disney villains sometimes. Um, But the figure, the Snow White figure in that scene at the end um, was originally part of, I believe it was Snow White's Scary Adventures, which was an attraction at Disneyland, um, which is now continued on to a new version of it. I believe it's called Snow White's Enchanted Wish. Um, Similar idea of the attraction. They just changed it up a little bit. Uh, But anyway, we're not talking about Disneyland. (laughs) So... uh, that was the last attraction that I rode for the evening. Um, but I did want to stop by Adventureland. I, that was the only land that I hadn't gotten to go to that evening. And so I decided to stop on by. I was thinking maybe I would, I don't know, grab some Dole Whip maybe, or just like explore around. Um, and I decided to take a walk up the Swiss Family Robinson Treehouse. Um, on another one of my favorite podcasts ever called Disorder, Every Disney Film, one of the hosts, his name's Hunter, and he talked about one day at Magic Kingdom, like a, a core memory of his um, at Magic Kingdom was being at the park after park close, and he was in Adventureland, and he went up the Swiss Family Robinson Treehouse, and it was just quiet, and all you could hear was like the jungle sounds and, you know, like the overall jungle aesthetic of Adventureland, and um, And he was like, it was just very special um, being at the top of that treehouse and seeing the Magic Kingdom and um, being around that atmosphere. And so I was like, you know what, let me just try it, you know, kind of based and um, inspired by what he had done. And um, I was literally the only one in the treehouse. And it kind of spooked me out a little bit, you know, like when you're in an attraction or something, and then you realize, oh, my gosh, um, out of thousands of people here right now. I'm the only person up here and it's very dark outside and all the things, but I, I actually really enjoyed going up at uh, the treehouse, but I did go quite quickly. <laughs> so I was like, I don't really want to be up here by myself. Um, so it's just funny how your mind can play tricks on you. Again, it made me feel almost like a little kid. Uh, not that I enjoy being spooked or scared, but it was an interesting feeling for sure. But I stood at the top of the treehouse and just saw all the different parts of the Magic Kingdom. And I was like, wow, this really is a beautiful, beautiful place. And then I made my way down, started uh, preparing my heart for the exit (laughs) of Disney World uh, for the day. And uh, yeah, I was just reminiscing on the day and was walking down Main Street with the glowing lights uh, of all the buildings on Main Street and just was full of such gratitude um, for the magical day that I had. I had so much fun. I had the biggest blisters on my feet. I was so exhausted. I walked like 29,000 steps, 12 miles, something crazy like that. Um, I did end up going into the Emporium for a quick minute to look for a pin. That's usually my Disney Parks tradition any time that I go. Um, I I used to buy souvenirs a lot, but Disney souvenirs are very expensive, and um, I was also traveling very light for this trip I only had a backpack with me and so uh, I had years ago come up with the idea of what if I just like collected one pin every time that I went to kind of you know serve as a reminder uh, and a memory of the trip so I went looking for a pin but didn't really find anything that I was interested in so I ended up actually leaving but I loved going into the emporium Um, seeing those beautiful window displays where they have like sculpts of the different uh, like characters in these different Disney movies and they some of them are animated some of them move some of them don't Um, so just took a quick look around those and was delaying my exit um, out of the Magic Kingdom because I didn't want my day to end and just left that day being so grateful for all the memories that I made, all the sweet times that I had, um, and just like, sweet memories with the Lord even that day and, and, you know, getting to ride the People Mover, my very favorite, and then Frozen Ever After, you know, and, and all these different rides are like getting to ride Remy's Ratatouille Adventure, getting to stroll around Sunset Boulevard and see the Walt Disney Presents Museum, you know, all of these things that I love and then getting to watch the fireworks show at Magic Kingdom and having my favorite Mickey ice cream bar snack and I just, I sat back and was just so grateful. So grateful for the sweet day that I had. And realizing like, you know, I I say this about every trip, but something about this one just felt special. It's like, I won't forget this. Like I've had solo park days before, but I was like this. This one's really special. It had been so long since I had been to the parks. And um, I was so grateful that The Lord brought this surprise my way um, in a really special time of life. And um, lo and behold, on this solo park day, um, I wasn't actually alone. We found out um, a couple weeks after I got back home that we are expecting our first baby. Um, Nathan and I, my heart is like pounding right now telling you guys this. We are just so excited. And I was already pregnant when I was at Disney World and I didn't know it yet. So just like having that special memory um, of that sweet day you know, what I called quote unquote, my solo park day, wasn't a solo day at all. Um, It was my baby's first Disney experience. And that's crazy to think about. Um, but it it's the truth. So um, I have been so excited to share this episode with you all, knowing that this was the way that I wanted to share the news um, of our upcoming baby. Um, We are just so thrilled and elated. Um, So early of 2023, you guys will be um, introduced to a brand new member of the um, Magic Through My Eyes family. (laughs) I'm crying. (laughs) Um, So I'm just very excited. And that's part of why things have been delayed on the show I have it's been very interesting navigating pregnancy it has been beautiful and wonderful and at times really hard um but of course any hard part of it is is totally worth it and I cannot wait um for you guys to hear our baby's voice um coming next year um and I'm It's uh, something that I've actually been very excited about uh, to do, like one of the purposes of this podcast for me, I always dreamed that someday um, these podcasts would be something that um, we could use as a tool to help our little kids fall asleep, Um, because I love telling stories and I hope and pray that that is something that soothes them, soothes words um in the future and so uh to think that like that reality could be coming or is coming closer than than I thought it was is is pretty wild to think about so anyway um I'm just yeah so thrilled and so excited uh to get to finally share this news with you all uh we are so excited Nathan and I um are so like humbled and honored that like God decided that now was the time uh, for us to bring a baby into this world. So, um, yeah, I could go on and on about this, but I will go ahead and wrap it up here. Um, A huge thank you to um, everyone listening, obviously, and supporting us on our uh, Magic Through My Eyes journey as uh, this will become a huge part of it. Um, I know that I will never, ever look at Disney the same after having my own kid. Um, And as magical as it is for me now, I can't imagine how much more um, the magic will feel real um, when I get to see it through my child's eyes. Um, So anyway, uh, for this episode specifically, I wanted to say thank you to Lindsay again uh, for gifting um, me the the ticket for a chance to go on a beautiful uh Disney day that uh is one for the books uh not knowing that there was a little one inside me coming along uh for the whole day um so yeah and always a huge thank you to my husband Nathan for being my biggest supporter um and for encouraging me to chase my dreams and um going on this life journey with me so um and thank you to you guys of course uh my sweet magic through my eyes family those who listen to the show and I'm excited to give you more update up excuse me updates about our baby as they come um I'm over here sniffling because I'm crying but yeah you guys are amazing um you are so loved and cherished I hope that you have the most magical day and I'll see you real soon.